This is Seven Sports on Dean Radio. Good morning, it's 10am on Saturday. This is Dean Radio and it's time for your weekly sport in fix. This is Seven Sport on Dean Radio. Coral with In The Morning, as requested by Ryan Butler for this week's show. There you go. I thought I'd play it first for you. He's just dancing. I can see on, on the Skype call, I can just see him dancing to it. Uh, all good. Yeah. Just, anyway, this is Seven Sport on Dean Radio. Good morning. Um, we are back again, um, socially distancing. I'm in the Seven Sport studio. Butler and Kelsey are at home on the Skype. And um, yeah. how's your week been, boys? Hot. Yeah, warm. <laughs> good. Very warm, mate. I'd rather it be warm. Yeah, mate, it's, uh, it comes something when you're sat at home, working from home in the hottest room in the house with, like, no other, work, no other room to work in. Um, so, yeah, I know it's a me problem. So, you know, don't all give me the sympathy at once. But, yeah, not great. Not I, great. Did, I suppose I didn't think about people working from home. I'm just enjoying being in the garden <laughs> in the sun, like, doing nothing. It's great. Yeah. I'm sat in an office and then getting the bus home. Yeah, bus is effectively like a sauna. I was going to say, I don't know what would be worse. You know, me sitting in this in this bedroom, like w- with the insulated roof, like right right above me, so all the heat stays in, or sat on a bus, like on the way back home from work. I can tell you, I don't know what's worse. There's only one way to find out. Uh, maybe, <laughs> maybe that could be the new the new challenge. We do something like that. Anyway. um on today's show, we are uh, carrying on with our Team of the Week feature, um, and this week, the Team of the Week is Sirencester Town. Um, so, Kelsey has made a quiz for us to do later on. Have. Um, yeah. I've not done any revision, so we'll see what happens. It's a fairly simple quiz, because I knew it was you two competing, so you should have a good shot. Ooh. That was a bit harsh. It's more. It's more for Matt than anything. <laughs> I was just, yeah, I'm, just, I'm distracted, sorry, thinking about how I beat my young Cinderpick quiz last week. <laughs> yeah, good, good quiz as well, to be fair. Very good quiz. So. Um, also, as part of our Science Sister Town loving this week, as the team of the week, we are going to be hearing from the um, some clips from the In the Spotlight sessions with Jody Bevan and Matt Rhodes, who talk about their times at Science Sister. Um, so that's coming on later on the show. We've got a halftime bovril, um, and we've got any other business, really. Um, of course, we're going to be talking about the Football League ending the League Two season and League One season, League Two doing points per game. We'll talk about that later on as well. But first, um, we're recording this on a Thursday night. Uh, <coughs> excuse me. And um, before we come on to record this this evening, a bit of news has been breaking from Gloucester City. Now, we say this every time, every week on the show, it's never a dull week at Gloucester City. And it's been <laughs> exactly the same this week, hasn't it, boys? Man, mad, mate. Absolutely mad. I mean, first you had Joe Hanks leaving last week, which we were able to touch on. Um you know, and then this week, Zakovitz, uh, Spencer Hamilton, literally, what, two hours, three hours before we started to record this, mm-hmm. uh, announced that Spencer Hamilton was leaving and, and Zakovitz was announced on Wednesday, I think. So two two big local names, local players that will be missed by the club, without a doubt. Yeah, I've, um, find, uh, I think I posted it on our group chat earlier, interesting stat about the Gloucester City lineup. Um, let me just get it back up again. It, I think someone posted it on the Gloucester City forum that uh, mm. Spencer Hamilton was the 
the the highest record uh, highest um appearance holder with the club at the moment with 147 yeah. the next one there is Fabian Robert with 52 um and then Thomas with 54 and Daly with 14 so there's really not a lot of long standing players at the club anymore is there it's it's very much now James Rose team isn't it it's it's, it's not to say that you know the the remnants of of the old squads are are being moved on uh, it, it has kind of the stars have aligned like that haven't they you know it, it very much now seems like it's a team that James Rowe has built and if it works and Gloucester City do well this next season whenever that may be you've got to give him credit but obviously all we can do right now is just sit and speculate about what is going to happen and, and what has happened for why these players have left the club and that's all we've got to really talk about so we clutch the straws a little bit well I find the weirdest thing about the whole situation is obviously we mentioned loads of times on Seven Sport, you know, I'm not originally from around this area. So, you know, since 2011, when I first started covering Lost City and, you know, everything we did with Tigers Radio back then, you know, the togetherness of, you know, local people watching their local club with local players playing for it, you know, putting 100% in, putting, you know... Their, their bodies on the line for their, their local side, you know, the only thing that was missing was the ground. Now, it just seems a bit sort of ironic that they're never, you know, they've never been this close to getting the new ground. And then suddenly, you know, there are no local players in that squad, really. No players that, that were born in Gloucester that, that will be playing for Gloucester next season as it stands. So, it, it's, it's crazy to really sit here and... and discuss it as that because, you know, throughout the the years we've been covering Lost City for Seven Sport, you know, there has always been that that local route and, and you know, the togetherness of the, the local people. And I've, I've got a question. I don't know what you boys think, but, you know, we've read a lot online and, and hear a lot about from about the club and, and from the club, you know, the new stadium that's going to get built mm. and, and nearly finished. You know, they're wanting to get thousands of people going week in, week out to watch Gloucester City. But in my time watching Gloucester City, you know, most of the time people go because it's local players playing for the club. You know, without that hook, are local people who, you know, haven't really cared about Gloucester City over the last few years, are they going to suddenly care about Gloucester City? I, I fail to see it. it's going to work. Mm. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I mean, there's an interesting point raised on, on the City Open Forum uh, earlier today on, on Thursday, um, I can't remember who it was, but it, it, it's very much, it, it's, it's nice to moonlight, isn't it, about having all these local players, but do Gloucester City really need all of them to challenge in the league? You know, it, it, it would be great if City had a squad full of 11 players from Gloucester yeah, who, were not, who were who were League 2 quality and they could absolutely, you know, rinse the, the league um, and, and win every single game. But football just doesn't happen like that, you know, that... You statistically, there's not enough people in Gloucestershire to to you know develop it as footballers, and at exactly the same time, to all the stars aligned, so they can all play in the same team and get their club promoted. It just it just doesn't happen. So I think it whilst it's nice that they've had the, over the years, you know, the people that have really cared about being Gloucester people playing for Gloucester, and Ryan's put it perfectly. You know, it is so ironic now that they are closer than ever to being home and. There's not one sort of Gloucester boy in that squad, so it's 
Yeah. What yes. I find interesting about the, the whole thing today, for example, well, on Thursday, um, you know, Spencer Hamilton is always one to to be upfront, to be honest, to to take responsibility for his actions and 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 what he does. And you know, he's posted a video on on social media. You just got to look at him and 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 hear what he's saying and almost hear what he's not saying. That yeah, will tell you everything. I mean. Anyone who hasn't seen it, or, or anyone even if you have, go back and watch it again. You know, the facial expressions that he's making, for example, when he says that he doesn't see his future being at City anymore. You know, that's a weird turn of phrase for someone to be saying if they really wanted to stay, mm. you know, if they were 100% committed to the club. Um and 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 you know being not being forced out by the club is probably the wrong wrong way to say it, but you just kind of think what's happened, you know, for that. Yes, so. it kind it of shows it, that it's a decision that he's made as an individual. Yeah, it um, makes you feel like he wasn't he wasn't left he hasn't left the club by the club's wishes. He's kind of made the decision himself. That's what you kind of get from yeah. the whole thing he's trying to say, which is yeah. And what I've, concerning. And what, what's sort of interesting for me because not so much backlash, but. But the reaction to when Joe Hanks was, was announced as leaving last week, you know, there was that big joint um, statement that was released with, with Alex Pefferum, the, the, the chairman, and Joe Hanks himself. Zach Kovitz and Spencer Hamilton haven't had that. So, you know, that's an indication to me, more so that the last two players to be leaving, it's on their terms, mm. more so than maybe the club you know, having to accept that, you know, it's not going to happen with Joe Hanks. Maybe, you know, yeah. you know the speculation is going to be that Spence Hamilton and, and Zakovitsa maybe were in Gloucester City's plans going forward, but have decided, no, I don't want to play um, under this regime at this particular time. Obviously, I mean, I'm just all speculation I've, at the moment. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've just logged onto the Gloucester City website here and I'm reading the statement that they've, that they've put out for Spencer leaving the club and it's literally three sentences and then a quote from Hamilton um, that he put in his uh, in his video anyway. So, uh, you know... This, you, you, is a, this is a man who won player of the season last season before, do you know what I mean? So, that doesn't, and it's not even mentioned in the, uh, in the statement. Um, hmm. But then I guess, you know, from a media perspective, if that was me writing the statement, I probably wouldn't put the, you know, your player of the season yeah, is leaving the club. Yeah, yeah you're, I, not gonna, I, you're not going to big him up yeah. before you say, and he's no. done all this, but he's going... No, but going back true. to the whole sort of going back to Gloucester and having the local connection, I think if you listen to your in the spotlight series where you've spoken to a lot of a lot of them are Gloucester, well, all of them are Gloucester lads, aren't they? All of the lads that you spoke to, every single one mm. or majority of them have mentioned playing at Meadow Park. You know, some of the like the younger ones might not have got the opportunity, but a lot of them mentioned about being Meadow Park was the big place you wanted to play at when you were a youth player, and you always had. You felt yeah. like you had an opportunity at Meadow Park and you had the opportunity <coughs> to go to Gloucester and you'd look up to the local lads who have made a step up to Gloucester City and that kind of thing. You're, you're kind of losing that now for, for local players as well. It's not just getting fans into the club for when they get back home. It's having that whole Meadow Park as the centre of football for, for Gloucester. Do you know what I mean? You're kind of yeah. losing that with the local touch yeah. as well. The thing is with yeah. the club, I think that even more so now, and I would say for the last three, four years probably. This is the furthest away the under-18s and the youth development are from the first team at the moment. Um, You know, it's not down to anyone in particular or or anything like that, but, 
you know, you, you look at the under-18 squad, I personally don't think they're as strong as they used to be. They've still got some cracking players, don't get me wrong, some unbelievable players, but, you know, you look at them and I'm not really sure who's going to make it across City's level. You know, obviously the, the, the strong team that, you know, swept league and cup double year after year under Neil Muster and Ken Blackburn, you know, only really Noah Smerden got an opportunity to play for the first team. Arguably, a couple of others potentially could have made it, but, you know, it just seems that there is no longer that conveyor belt of talent that will come through and get given an opportunity at City. Potentially, thinking about it out loud, it's probably because Gloss City are almost, uh, almost cursed by their success of being at National League level. Obviously, when players were coming through back at the turn of millennium, you know, they were still a Southern League club. So yeah. there isn't, you know, they were at a lower level to start with. So I probably, maybe there's that to think about. But I'd probably you know, argue with that against like the way, because Gloucester has not been home for so long, they've not had that base to set up a youth system in that kind of way because they've not had their own ground for the youth to be to base that do you know what I mean so in the start of the millennium you say when they started getting the players through they were at Meadow Park and there was a bigger emphasis on using local players and that kind of thing and now they have not got a home and they've had to kind of run it all on a shoestring budget and not got the opportunity to do that now so that's maybe why the talent isn't there but they still have the under 18 still have you know decent decent facilities really I mean they have uh, the under 18s play at Long Levens' ground before that they played at Tuffy's ground you know they're not bad grounds to be playing football in at an under 18 level yeah but when you can go and play for Tuffley or for Long Levens in competitive men's football rather than playing under 18s football at the same facilities you're probably more likely to do that than you are yeah. to play for an under 18 squad that you probably wouldn't get in the first team anyway I think that's spot on to yeah, that's fair. You look at some of the under 18 sides that are out there anyway, you know, a lot of them do play at Hellenic and, and Southern League level and, and below. So that's, that's fair. I just, I just shut, that shut down your argument there. <laughs> <Sorry. laughs> but it's to say, look, oh, they haven't got a home. They do have a, a training hub that they use at, at the Wolves Club in, in Barnwood, you know, for under under 16s and the under 18s to train. So, mm. you know, they, they still have a base. It's not, I mean, honestly, a shooting string budget is going to be there, but I wouldn't imagine it would cost them too much to be playing in that area. I don't think Long Levens charged them too much in the sense that, you know, I don't think Tuffy really charged them too much to use their facilities um, previously. So they still have facilities available. It's not like they're, you know, playing in a park. They're still playing at a decent, looked-after ground. Yeah, you know, maybe it's, it's different to what it was Back in the day, obviously, I don't know what it would have been like here um, at the turn of millennium. That's obviously what the Inland Spotlight series is, is, is trying to help me mm. sort of learn. So, you know, it, times have changed. And I think that a lot of the negativity that you've seen online for the recent news about Zach and, and Spencer leaving the club are, you know, from those players and former uh, Gloss City fans who, you know, probably are used to seeing a Gloss City side full of these Gloucester boys that have come through the ranks and, 
you know, times have changed and, and not everyone likes change. Yes, yeah, so there we go. It's um, we're all remains to be seen what will happen with that, but um, we'll keep on top of it here at Seven Sport and see what happens um, with the Gloucester squad going forward. Um, get in touch if you've got any opinions on this at Seven Sport on the Twitter. Find us on Facebook as well, um, and we'll get them on next week's show or on the website or something like that. So get in touch. Um, we're going to go for a break. Coming up in, after this, we're going to talk about Science Tester Town. This is Seven Sport on Dean Radio. This is Seven Sport on Dean Radio. Welcome back then to Seven Sport on Dean Radio on your Saturday morning. Um, we're going now into our new weekly thing we're doing during the whole social distancing show where we're not all together um, and there's no sport going on at the moment. So we're going to talk about local teams each week. So far we've done Gloucester City and Cinderford Town. Um, listen back to those shows on um, Google Podcast or Spotify um, or on the Seven Sport website. You can listen back to the whole show. Um, for information on that um, but this week we're looking at Sirencester to Town um, I, I was going to give a bit of a brief history then but it might ruin the uh, the quiz later on <laughs> so I won't say anything um, what are your, your two uh, you, both of your memories of the Corinium and Sirencester to Town well I mean I don't know what it's, what it's like for Ryan but obviously for me having been in and around the Corinium more so as, as like a Gloucester City fan back in the day and then gradually moved on to you know reporting there for for seventh sport it is as i sort of see both both sides of it you know there's there's from from other teams perspective and also from a siren perspective i mean from a siren perspective the club has come on leaps and bounds you know in the last few years the you know the bringing in of the 3g pitch which has been incredible for the club it's been incredible for um you know their style of football um and the caliber of player the that Siren have managed to attract to the club. You know, I mean, you think a couple of seasons ago when they had Ben Whitehead banging in like 40-odd goals plus, even more. Um, you know, even Alan Griffin there as well. And bringing in players like Tommy Aldridge, you know, Tommy Anderson and, and players like that, it just goes to show how much Siren has progressed, um, both on the pitch and off the pitch. I mean, you know, we were there for their opening game on the 3G pitch and we were a, a little bit sort of... Uh, skeptical before but then when we saw the start of football and the speed of the play that siren can get up to on that pitch i think it's been it's been probably the best thing the club has ever done to be honest i mean it's got to be up there yeah big big, it's, big it's, statement it's set the trend hasn't it it's set the trend for you know other clubs to to follow to be able to you know have that sustainable income with the dome next to the, the ground as well you know mm-hmm. a lot of a lot of times this season and and then the last couple of seasons really when you know the weather's hit games are getting called off all over the place you know Siren's good for for getting a game on it's yeah. almost guaranteed that the games are going on at the Corinium yeah. but you know I only ever went to from my memory I can only remember going to the Corinium with the old pitch once um, that was for an FA trophy tie yeah, against Gosport Borough with Matt Yates um, Charlie Griffin Remember him, scored two goals in a 2-1 win, which included a young Zach Kovitzer on the right-hand side. And uh, a little interesting fact about that game that Matt will remember as well. We were sat there commentating, and uh, two rows in front of us was Charlie Griffin's wife and his kids. So <laughs> every time uh, we mentioned Dad's name, and especially two goals, you know, the family enjoyed it, and it sort of... <laughs> showed us you know that's the sort of togetherness you get at Sirencester it's a nice family club you know 
they're very welcoming to, to myself and Kelsey at yeah, the Perennium Stadium. Yeah. You know, a lot of the, the guys on on the door and, and, you know, who are in the bar and do so much for the club and encourage and, and you know, support the club all over the country. Um, to Scott Griffin, who who's the secretary, sorts us out as well. You know, it's always it's always a delight to go there. And, you know, this season was, was one where, you know, first half of the season, we just, for some reason, every time Sirencester had a game at home, we were elsewhere. And, you know, we didn't really go to Sirencester too it much. It was ages. It was the New really? Year, wasn't it? So yeah. I think yeah. it's probably because when we did go in New Year, they got, uh, in uh, pre-season, sorry, they got beat like 7-2, 7-3 by Bassett. So <laughs> maybe that was just a, Bad game, that was a bit Bad of a, a sore one. We thought maybe we'll let that heal completely before we start, you know, yeah. going there again but we obviously covered the, the development squad a couple of times as well um, and again they they were welcoming to us and the players obviously took to us as well um, and just appreciated obviously you know our support because we always support all of our clubs wherever we go to to watch them so you know Sirencester is one of my favourite places to go and watch games of football it really is yeah and yeah. Um, uh, to, to, to echo into that really to show what kind of cl- club Sirencester town are when um, Gloucester City first had the ground share there. They had a pre-season game um, at the Corinium, Gloucester versus Simon or Simon versus Gloucester. And um, I was I went to the middle of the pitch um, with another Sirencester fan, and we swapped scarves um, like to symbolise the oh, ground share situation. That and that yeah. was that was Sirencester's idea to like symbolise welcoming of Gloucester City to their ground. <laughs> and you know, it's like little things like that makes you feel like a welcoming club. Um, especially when you worst memory of of that as a Gloucester perspective would be the lowest off FA Cup game yeah. when uh, Gloucester were one nil up in the ninety fourth minute and they conceded with 10, 10, 20 seconds left to go uh, and then have to go to a replay at lowest off and then lose like four two or something like that on a Tuesday night which is, yeah Tuesday night yeah. in lowest off I blame whoever it was that bought the Tim Foyle FA Cup. <laughs> yeah. Every time you see one of those at a game, a non-league match, that's it. You know your team's losing straight away. And it's always the the only other thing about Science Sister is it, it's always cold, always cold at that stadium. Yeah, but so I, I don't particularly <laughs> mind it because you, you kind of know what you're going to get. It's a really good place to watch football on like a, on like a Tuesday night or a, or a Wednesday night. Mm. Like as night games go, there's not a better place to go in the county than Siren, in my opinion. Especially when they shut the uh, A road and Kelsey has to go round the roundabout and take. <laughs> That's the, the only back. disadvantage. That's the <laughs> only bad thing about it. <laughs> <laughs> it's just yeah, just for the reaction alone. Oh, we're never coming here again. <laughs> we're not coming here for <laughs> a while. <laughs> next week, is Siren going next Tuesday? By the way. Oh, yeah, we'll be there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, Kelsey, mate, they're against Winchester in the Cup semi-final, mate. You fancy it? Yeah, yeah why not? Yeah, he always goes back. He always goes back. Um, if you're wondering what we're talking about, that is from one of the previous pod. I can't even remember which episode it was, but one of the previous podcasts. Oh, I think it's go. called Roadworks or something like that. Anyway, and Cassie talks about Roadworks on the uh, A417 out to Siren Sister mm. all the time. Um, so now we're going to play a short clip from the In the Spotlight series, which Butler has been doing um, during this lockdown, just to keep everyone's spirits up and some fresh sports content coming out. <laughs> um, and we've had, I think we're on number nine now, are we? Might not be Nine's that Nine's to, to be released this weekend. Nine's being released this it's, week. Annoyingly, annoyingly, I'm going to sort of reveal a little bit here. Um, I'm planning to to record a few in the next sort of couple of weeks. So on that list is actually Siren Chester town man, uh, James Mortimer Jones, who's been at the club for, for you know, over over 10 years. It would have been ideal to, to have had it all recorded, done and dusted for this. But 
yeah, that would be something to look forward to. Uh, in in the meantime, though, we are going to be we're going to hear a clip from the very first in the spotlight we released um, from Jody Bevan, where he talks about his time at Sirencester, and I think we're going to hear from the second in the spotlight as well with Matt Rose. Um, he talks about his time at Sirencester Town as well. If you want to listen to the full um, interviews and the full clips of these in the spotlights, again, get it on the Seven Sport website um, or go to Google Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere you get your podcasts. Really, you can find it on there. Search for Seven Sport on Dean Radio. And it's on there as well as all of our radio shows. So um, first up, we're going to hear from Jodie Bevan and then Matt Rose talking about their time at Sirencester Town. I'm 30, 34 years old, you know, dodgy knees and what have you. But Brian News got on the phone one more time. So, um, we had a good chat and he gave me the opportunity of one last hurrah, really. Um, and what a season it was. Like I said, I was, you know, I was up, we were quite open and honest. We, we knew I wouldn't, you know, I wasn't going to be... Uh, First choice striker. I wasn't going to be there for ninety minutes in every game. I was very much the plan B. If things weren't working, I was, I going, to say, I was going to say on the Sirencester website it says that you think you started four games that season yeah, in the league. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I started. That's all I started. Four games. But I said, I mean, I don't know how many. I probably come off the bench in thirty. Twenty six, games. according Something to the website. Like, yeah. In the league, yeah. anyway. Yeah, and it was amazing. I, you know, it just worked. We had, we had um, Lee Smith, who was. Absolutely on fire that season. He scored a shed load of goals. Uh, and in the early part of the season, you know, we got some momentum going. And then we started to have a little bit of a dip. And, and that's where, um, you know, that's where Hughes started. Once we got to the winter months and the, and the softer pitches, um, you know, Hughes, we, if we were struggling, Hughes would bring me off the bench with 25 minutes to go. And the number of times we, we come back and if I didn't score, we, I'd set one up and we'd make, you know, it'd make a difference. And um, we'd end up getting results. And, yeah, for me, I said the at the start of the season I was thinking I think I was stuck on something. I'd got I'd had this idea of getting to 250 goals, um, and I knew by this stage I was come the start of that season I was on 247, and um, I want the, the desire in me was the, I wanted to get to 250. Um, so that was the you know why I wanted to play again, and you know during the course of that season I managed to get there, and you know to then go and win the league was. Um, you know, on the final day of the season was, um, yeah, it's not something that we'd even considered at the start of the year. But once things got going, we, we saw we had a good team and we thought, hang on, we've got half a chance here. Yeah, I mean, it, it was amazing. We had a, such a good blend of youth experience uh, and everything clicked. And um, yeah, it, it was a, an amazing way for, for me to finish as a player. And then obviously, whilst you were at Sirencester, um, Brian Hughes left the club and, and yep. you had a couple of games. Uh, as manager at Sirencester, did, did you sort of always want to go into to management in your latter stages as a player? Yeah, I mean, even even as a uh, you know fairly young as a young player, I was always thinking I'd, I'd like to have a go at managing. Uh, at the end, I mean, I'd, I'd done a, after leaving school, I'd done a degree in sports science, so I'd, I'd, I'd had a bit of you know I had a bit of knowledge about me. I, you know, I was a uh, you know fairly bright lad. And I always, <laughs> same silly as well. I was of the that initial. I was of that generation. It was into computer games and stuff like that. The whole championship manager thing at the time. I, you know, <laughs> sounds stupid, but you know, I always thought, oh, you know, I'd love to have a go at that one day for real. So I'd actually had a game in my time at Cinderford. I think back, probably that would have been two, maybe two thousand and eight. I'd had one game as caretaker manager at, or caretaker player manager. At, Sinford and um, yeah, well, I remember going to Slough and winning a game three two. Um, Tough so place little, to go, Slough. 
I had a, 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 snip, a little sniff of it there. Then after Hughesy um, left Siren, um, it was kind of chucked to me a bit. It wasn't an ideal scenario, I'd say, because I was very close to Brian, but I was, you know, at the same stage, very close to the club. And it was a case of just wanting to tie them over until they got someone new in place. So it wasn't. It was an awkward situation at the time, and it, I was, you know, I was at my wit's end with it. Um, you know, I, we managed to get a couple of wins. You know, we were really struggling. Um, I think I'm, you know, I managed to get a couple of wins in that time. But I was, I knew I was always gonna, you know, as soon as they got a new manager in, I knew I was always gonna gonna walk away, um, regardless of who I was. In the end, it was it was Charlie who, who I was close to, and um, I said it, it was. I knew, I knew I was always walking away. I, I knew by that stage. I needed to have some time out from football. The the, the playing time that I had at Sirencester after I, I decided to, to leave Gloss, um, Cheltenham because I knew, I just recognised I wasn't going to get a first team opportunity mm-hmm. was um, was also an amazing change in and, and learning experience in my football career because I spent four years under the guises of of Bava. So I mean, Bava was a was a was a legend at, at Cheltenham Town, Ray Baverstock and, and Steve Abley, uh, and Mark Boyland, um, and for me those three and Martin Blackler. Those three, they got um, they had football, they had football experience at that sort of level, and with that background of uh, where they'd been at Cheltenham, and I remember the days when I was a kid watching Cheltenham, seeing these guys growing up, and all of a sudden now I'm playing with them. There was a lot of things I learned there too in terms of um, uh, success. We, we we won the triple. Uh, we played at Meadow Park in in cup finals. Ironically, um, so you kind of got grounded in the way in which you knew where the local football clubs uh, 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 around the county and which ones had that kind of feeling. And I made a call, like we all do in our football careers, that um, I was ready for the next step once I'd done four years at, at Sirencester. Um, and as I say, there were four excellent years there that I'm really grateful for. And I say, looking back at working closely to those sort of um, players that had that experience, of course, those guys had come out of the football league before they played for Charlton Town. So, so that was great. What lovely men there, Jody Bevan and Matt Rose, talking about their time at Sirencester Town. Um, like I said, listen to the full In the Spotlight series on the podcast stream now or sevensport.co.uk. Number nine is coming out this week, so keep an eye out for that. Um, right, after the break, Kelsey has done a Sirencester Town quiz, so you can test your knowledge on Sirencester Town Football Club, um, just like me and Butler are going to be doing as well, so stay tuned for that. Um, also, Halftime Bovril is coming up, and this week the theme is work, so that's coming up in the next part of the show. This is Seven Sport on Dean Radio. This is Seven Sport on Dean Radio. We're in the third part then of this morning, Seven Sport on Dean Radio. Welcome back. Um, we're in the middle of our Team of the Week section, and this week is all about Sirencester Town, and Kelsey has done a quiz for me and Butler, so... I'll pass you over to our quiz host. Thanks for throwing to me, Matt. Uh, we've got the siren quiz this week. Three rounds, five questions each round. Are you ready? Have you got pen and paper handy? Yeah. Yes. Oh. Yes. Right. You still, you still haven't got us an insight into what we can expect per round here. Well, round one is just general siren. All right. I'm expecting some good marks on this one. Yeah. Round two. Um, I've got a true or false uh, round inspired by Matt from last week with uh, Cinderford Town or Cinderford Down. This one is called Sirencester or Lyrencester. Oh! True or false. <laughs> uh, and then the third round is just straight multiple choice. So nice and simple for Absolutely. you. Okay. I think so, I'd have preferred it if you called it Sirencester Town or Sirencester Down. <laughs> <laughs> Lyrencester. Oh, Honestly, okay. it came... 
I was, I'll, I'll let you into a little secret. I didn't want to do the quiz this week, and then I thought of that, and I think, I've got to do the quiz just so I can do that round. So, <laughs> it's worth go. it. I haven't even done the quiz yet, it's worth it. <laughs> oh, round one. Question number one. Nice and easy one for you. What year was Siren Sister Town founded? Oh, I don't know. I don't right. know. Simple start to the quiz for you. Shouldn't need too long, so we're going to dive in straight away with number two. Hey, whoa, 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 whoa. Come on, mate, Never you don't need that long. How am I supposed to know when Siren Sister Town founded? I don't know. You look on Wikipedia, mate, you'll find out. Question number two. To the nearest 100, okay, what is Siren Sister Town's highest ever attendance? And bonus point, if you can name the team that they played. Well, I'm not even going to bother looking for that bonus point, thank you very much. (laughs) Nice and easy, then. This isn't out of the Corinthians, it's just of all time. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. I'm thinking with this one, I'm going to give it to whoever's closest. Jesus. I'm going to be way out here. Question number three is to do with the season that has just gone slash been expunged. No. Who was Siren Sister Town's last league opponents? And a bonus point for the scoreline. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'd be surprised if Ryan doesn't get this to be fair um, I'm panicking in case we were actually there um, we were not there oh, I don't think I don't, I don't think so I don't um, recall being there I think about it where oh god <sighs> it's always him isn't it always mm-hmm. right I'm moving on I'm guessing Question number four. Where did Siren finish in the league? Oh, my. 2019-20 expunged season. We spoke about this last week. Did we speak about where they finished, did they? I don't remember that. Yeah. Well, well, it might have been the week before, but it was very briefly we did touch on it. Question number five. Can you name the manager Charlie Griffin succeeded at the Corinium? So who was manager before Charlie Griffin? Is that including caretaker manager? No, it is not. Everyone knows John Bruff, Siren Sister Town manager at the moment. Scariest bloke going in Gloucestershire football. <laughs> I think there's a chance potentially I've got zero there, which is embarrassing. Are we, are we doing answers? Yes, or please. Or we straight yeah, we'll we'll answers. answers? All right. Question number one. What year was Siren Sister Town founded? Ryan, I'm going to go with you. 1933. Oh, Matt. 1886. My, oh, Matt was closer to it. It was 1889. Oh. Close, Next question to the nearest 100. What is the highest Siren Sister Town attendance? I've gone Matt. too optimistic. I've gone 2,400 against Swindon. Brian. <laughs> oh, no. I've gone, I've gone 5,200. <laughs> and I can tell you. It is exactly... It's exactly half of that, Ryan. It's 2,600. Matt oh. gets the point for being closest. Yes. And it was against Fairham Town in 1969. Oh. Thank you, uh, the non-league directory, for that one. <laughs> what I've done uh, there is I've, I've, I've just tried to think how Siren Sister are massive in my head. <laughs> I think they must, surely, surely everyone's thought, you know, Siren Sister's a great place to go on triple or something. <laughs> Question number three. They didn't have a 3G pitch back in 1969. That's what panicking looks like. This is what panicking looks like. It's round for me. Panicking Skywalker. 
I'll give you question. I, I, this is wrong, and I know it is. Number three, who was Sunset Town's last league opponent in the 2019-20 season? Ryan, we'll go with you. I mean, Biddeford, and I said they won 6-1. But I don't think they did even beat Biddeford 6-1 last season. <laughs> Matt. Winchester, and they won 2-1. Mm, you're both wrong. Uh, it's Lark Hall, and they won 4-0. I was going to put Lark Hall! I thought, no, I'm sure. Yeah, they always... Lark Hall. Don't get any points for, you know, intending to put the right answer. You've got to put the right answer. I think it. I I think I've got myself confused with that one because Cinderford would used to play Larkle. So obviously when I did the Cinderford quiz, I looked at their fixtures. That's where I messed up there. Question number four. Where did Siren finish in the league this season? We'll go to Ryan. Sixth. Matt. I think I'm wrong. It was sixth. Oh. Yes! In the league. And then finally, can you name the manager Charlie Griffin succeeded at the Corinium? We'll go with Matt. Brian Little. Brian. Brian Hughes. Uh, is Brian Hughes. Brian Hughes Brian is... Little, <laughs> oh, I can't remember his second name. And I listened to it earlier when I edited the Jody Devon interview. Um, real. So what your scores up. See how many you got. One. Oh, two. Two <laughs> plays two. one in favour of Brian Ahead of the next round, are we going straight into round two? Yes, please. Sirencester or Lyrencester? <laughs> straight true or false? Lyrencester. You don't have you, you don't have to put Siren or Lyron, but you know bonus points if you, well, no, no bonus points. Question number one: Sirencester have played in the FA Cup first round. Is that Sirencester or Lyrencester? Question. I'm actually going to put Siren or Lyron. That's fine, mate. You yeah, do not need any extra points for that. Question number two: Michael Jackson has played for Sirencester. <laughs> Question number three. Sirencester Town are founding members of the Gloucestershire County League. Is that one Siren or Lyra? Remind you listen to Seven Sport all... here on Dean Radio? All three of these could have been either or in the sense that... That is generally the way true or false works, mate. In my head, I'm thinking all of these are true so far. Question number four. But surely you'd like throwing a light in there somewhere. Surely. Put what, you, put what you think is right, mate. Question number four. Since the turn of the millennium, so since the year 2000, Sirencester have reached the FA Trophy first round 10 times. One true, or is that one false? And we will move on to the final question. Question number five. Current Cheltenham Town manager Michael Duff had a spell on loan at Sirencester Town. Oh, no. If you're playing along at home, let us know how you're getting on so far. We're not going to see this in, for another two days, but let us know how you're getting on it. Anyway. Do you yeah. want the answers then? Yes, please. Yeah. Question number one. Siren says they've played in the FA Cup first round. Is that a true or false? Siren or Lyron? I've got a siren. Lyron. That is a Lyron. Yeah. They've never played in the first round of the FA Cup. Fourth qualifying round. It's the best they've ever got to. Oh. Question number two. Michael Jackson has played for Siren to Town. That is a siren because there's, if you've put that in as a lie... You're mental. <laughs> yeah, I've gone the same the same logic. I've gone siren. Uh, it's a siren. Between 2004 and 2008, Michael Jackson made 145 appearances for Siren Sester Town. Gosh. What a midfield. <laughs> Question number three. Siren are founded members of the Gloucestershire County League. What do we think? Siren. Siren. Uh, it's a siren. That is true. What? 1968, I believe, or 69, one of the two. Uh, question number four. Since 2000, Siren have reached the FA Trophy first round on 10 different occasions. True or false? Lyron. Lyron. 
That is a Lyran. They've only what? made it nine times. Nine Mate, times. we're going blow for blow, yeah? I'm going for a full ice here. This is the last one. This could be make or break. Current Cheltenham Town manager Michael Duff had a spell on loan at Sirencester Town. True or false? Siren. Siren. It is a siren between 1996 yes! and 97. Spell on loan for Michael Duff. How are we at six all after two rounds? I got a five out of five. Five out of five. Big points for uh, for both Matt and Ryan for that one. Have we got time for round number three? Yes, please. We can't, can't cut the suspense choice. now. Multiple choice for this one, okay? Number one, what is the capacity of the Carinium oh. Stadium according to the Southern League website? Is it 2,564, 2,664, or 2,764? Those options again are 2,564, 2,664, or 2,764. Why 6-4? Why Who? So the correct answer has got the old 64, hasn't it? That's correct, yeah, according to the Southern League website. They include both standing and seeing. I've uh, just got one, one, one figure, mate, for... Uh, oh, I'm saying, well, they do add it all together, don't they? Oh, probably, I don't know, you tell me. <laughs> Question number two. What colour were the socks of Sirencester Town's home kit this season? Were they black, red, or black and red? <laughs> <laughs> you're joking you're joking you're asking that question <laughs> picture the kit I'm in your head I'm, I'm confident with my answer question number three then Ryan's pretty confident when was the last time that Siren won the Gloucestershire Senior Cup was it 2013-14 2014-15 or 2015-16 A, B or C one, two or three this is hard Siren or Lyron Question number four. Which Hellenic League side ground shared at the Corinium from 2013 to 2015? Is it Wotton, Bassett, Fairford Town or Lydney Town? I'd be disappointed in both of you if you didn't know the answer to that one. That'd be a trek from Lydney. Can't believe they ground shared with them. To be- oh, no. Oh, sorry. I didn't uh, uh, question number five. The final question for this round and the quiz. Who were Siren Sisters' opposition to open their new 3G pitch in the first league game for that pitch. Was it Evesham, Taunton Town, or Winchester City? Wait for a bit of a spanner in there, because I know that Ryan went to the first uh, game for the, new, for the new pitch in pre-season. Boom, smashed it. But this was for the first league game. Who were their opponents? Evesham, Taunton, or Winchester? Have we got answers for all five questions, boys? Yes. Thank you. Mm, I'm thinking of changing my answer quickly. Changing my last answer. Just so you know, I'm doing it now. For you then, this is... Was it six all going into this round? Yeah. Yep. So it's play for the right. <laughs> Question number one. What is the capacity of the Corinium Stadium according to the Southern League website? Matt, we'll go with you. Uh, 2564. Ryan. 2664. One of you's right. It's Matt. 2564 yeah! is the correct answer. Oh, no. Question number two. <laughs> what colour were the socks of Siren's home kit this season? Brian, red. where are you first? Red. Red it is. That is the correct answer. Oh, good job I went for red then, because you didn't ask my, my answer. <laughs> oh, Sorry, I jumped the gun. Go- I jumped the no, gun a little bit. That's right. the camera right now. <laughs> I <laughs> changed. That's right, we can see it. Don't it's worry. not countdown. Apologies. Technical difficulties. 
When was the last time Siren won the Gloucester Senior Cup? Jump in I whenever 13, you I put 13-14, but I think it might be wrong. 15-16. It is 15-16. Yeah, that could be storming ahead in the final furlong. Which Hellenic away. League side ground shared at the Corinium from 2013 to 2015? Bassett. Warren Bassett. It is Bassett. Oh. And the final question, who was Siren's first league opposition on the new 3G pitch? Taunton. I put Winchester City, but I crossed that out and put Taunton Town. It is, it is Taunton. What? Yeah. Five out of five on that as well. So I'm at Matt's on what? 11? 11. 11. I finished on nine. There you go. Matt is winner yeah. for this week's quiz. I'm a siren. Lovely. Butler's a lyron. Pure lyron. you spotted Fairford. After you. <laughs> Excellent stuff. There we go. That was um, this week's team of the week. Then Siren Sister Town. More information on Siren Sister Town. Go on to your favourite search engine and type in Siren Sister Town FC. Don't go on their website because it doesn't load. It's broken. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I found out while researching the quiz. Their website doesn't work. There you go. That should have been a question. (laughs) (laughs) How long does it take you to go onto Siren Town website? That was brilliant stuff. Right. It's now time for this week's Halftime Bov Roll. And this is the part of the show where we play... Uh, we each pick a track. Well, let's start again. This is the part of the show where we pick a theme and we all pick a track from that theme. Then we spin the wheel and whoever gets picked gets their song played after the news here on Dean Radio. So this week's theme was picked by Kelsey and it was mm-hmm. anything to do with work because people were going back to work. <coughs> was that right? Yeah. That was right. Pretty um, much. Pretty much. What are your tracks this week, boys? I've gone with Bob the Builder, mate. Can we fix it? <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. I've, gone, I've gone with Hard Fire Living for the weekend. Perfect. And I've gone for Imagine Dragons with Working Man. Let's spin the wheel and see who is going to get played. Let's hope it's Kelsey. If Bob the Builder gets played on Dean Radio on a Saturday, honestly. We've played Weirder. <gasps> we've played the Giddler as well, mate. It's Kelsey! <laughs> Bob the Builder's getting played. Go on then. Bob the Builder, can we fix it? It's getting played after the news here on Dean Radio. Let's do next week's um, theme now. Let's spin the wheel to see who's going to pick the theme for next week. Matt's daughter's going to love Bob the Builder on a Saturday morning. And it's landed on me. So. How have I not come out in three weeks? Don't know. Absolutely. I've been asking myself the same question for years, mate. (laughs) I haven't put your name on the uh, spinner. No, um, so it's my return to pick a theme. I am going to go for. Um, let's go for charity singles, as we've gone for Bob the Builder. It's kind of a novelty single. Let's do novelty charity singles. Let's do that next week's Interesting. theme. Um, so after the news here on Dean Radio, um, we are going to be back. Um, but Bob the Builder is going to be introducing us in. So there we go. <laughs> That's a, that's a first for everybody. This is with Seven Sport on Dean Radio. This is Seven Sport on Dean Radio.
Well, what a way to start the second part of this morning's show. That was the Bob the Builder Mega Mix, chosen by Kelsey as this week's halftime Bob rule. And here's a fact. I can't believe we played that. Bob, can't the, believe we played that. Bob the Builder's got his own album that came out in 2008, a full album um, of tracks. Um, it's called Never Mind the Breeze Blocks. <laughs> Never Mind the Breeze Blocks. Oh, dear. What a time to be alive. Anyway. <laughs> this kind of... Kind of Oh, oh god that's tickled me a little bit anyway welcome back to the show um what are we going to talk about now i told you this was going to happen there's no sport on we're doing a sports show i don't know mate honestly i'm just i'm just reading from the fact that bob the builder's got a whole album yeah, yeah. if it's not coronavirus it'll kill us it'll be bob the builder compilation albums or something stupid like that <laughs> well it was 2008 it's been a while now it's been it's been out for 12 years that's so far. That's so far back in the. Well, that's so. That's so far away. Or I don't know, maybe twelve years. Mental. <laughs> oh, but man. let's just say I just can't believe what's going on right now. I still can't believe I lost that bloody quiz. <laughs> I can't believe we had to edit out some bits that we can't air on the radio that you said, mate. But I did swear, and I did. It was rather thoughts, which you think great. Oh dear, you, you're making my job I'm serious, hard. I take the game. Yeah. How serious I take the game, mate. Um, I'll get you back. I'll get both of you back when I do the Slimbridge quiz next week. Well, it's not about getting anyone back. You just need to get better at doing an actual quiz quiz answers, don't you? It's gonna yeah. be it's gonna be Ryan Butler's get your own back. One of you's getting gunched. <laughs> Crank him up. No, mate. Right. Should we <laughs> hire Dave Benson Phillips for the show next week? <laughs> <laughs> I already am thinking about different ways to uh steal rounds from certain T V quiz shows out in the years. Prepare yourself for an hour quiz next week, then. We're going to have a game show. We're going to have a Slimbridge 50-50. Oh, 50-50 was banging, mate. When you say you're going to steal rounds from like game shows, you're not going to like get some inflatables in Brunswick Square and then like <laughs> me and Matt compete on the mic. Total wipeout. Uh, that, that's, that's when social distancing is no longer enforced and then we can conclude Kelsey versus Matt properly. We're going to have a... Um, oh, that's completely gone out of my head. What was that? Oh, it's a knockout. You already said that, didn't you? Never mind. Who would that? I'm cracking up. It's fine. We're doing it's a knockout style competition when we can. When we can to uh, finish Kelsey versus Matt because we still haven't finished that properly yet. Really? Yeah. Well, for the Slimbridge quiz, it's going to be like the price is right. Uh, play your cards right. Blankety blank. Yeah, we'll do it all. <laughs> well, that's next week. Um, back to this week then. Let's talk about. Um, let's go into any other business, and I suppose we'll start with League Two because it has got local implications. Um, League One and League Two has been ended officially, and League Two is going to be done on a points per game situation. And Cheltenham look like they're going to be in mm. the playoffs. Yeah, mm. I mean that's it. That's all there is to say about it. Really, just just yeah. I mean, we spoke about it briefly last week, didn't we? And it's it's going to be good for for Cheltenham, um, good for local football, you know. And if they do get promoted to League One, you know, it's going to do the world of world of good for the for the Gloucestershire football scene. Um, but obviously, you know, you're going to get people who will question the legitimacy of it. But when you think, you know, well, over two thirds of the season, nearly three quarters of the season has been played, Cheltenham are up there on merit, as are all the other teams. So. There's no, there's no solution to this that maintains the integrity of the game um, at all. You know, whichever way you look at it, you know, the integrity of football 
has been called into question and will be, continue to be called into question for years, decades into the future because of what's happened this season. Um, and you can you mark my words on that, honestly. I do think that people will continue to talk about this for 10, 20, 30 years. You know, when, when Liverpool are crowned champions of the Premier League, there's still going to be people in, in 30 years, you know, with, <laughs> with like Paul Pogba as their Twitter uh, profile picture, <laughs> questioning why Liverpool were awarded the Premier League title. It's like, well, because they... When, well, they lost one game all season and like they deserve to be the champions. So the integrity of the game has, has been lost this season and just hopefully it can be regained. Butler, anything to say? Well, I think Kelsey sort of got his spot on there in the sense that, you know, we've said on, on the show for weeks now that there is no outcome that is going to please everybody. And that's the, the, the sad truth of it and that's the hard truth of it. Um, I was reading today, the, the day of recording, that the National League have applied to the FA to be able to extend their season longer than May in order to be able to complete the playoffs. So, you know, everyone's feeling it from even, you know, Northern Senior League and, and Stroud League level locally all the way up to the Premier League. And there is no definitive this is what's going to happen and it's universal across the board because I think different levels of the game say different endings really um, and you see it as such that different clubs have you know, different thoughts and different agendas and, and everything like that for, for League 1 and League 2 to both initially you know have different um, voting results you know League 2 from the get-go said yep yeah, that that we'll call it a day and, and what have you but obviously League One initially it was inconclusive so you know it implied there was more of a split there so the sheer fact that, and accepting the fact that you cannot please everybody with what you're going to do once we've all come to terms with that it will should make it easier to then be able to come to terms with how the season is going to end at the higher levels in particular because for me it hasn't changed I do think that if it's safe enough to be played, then you play it. If it's not safe enough to be played, then you know you, you can't go, you can't hold the season off forever. It's just impractical to do that, and then you're delaying next season and then the season beyond that. And obviously, we know that with the Qatar World Cup, it's all got to be changed anyway. So, in particular, the Premier League, I think, if it isn't safe to be played, let's call it a day and more points per game. It, I think that's the only thing you can do. Null and void isn't an option. Thing, yeah, I think that's the, the main thing, isn't it? The, the main thing yeah. is that people are too worried about oh. next season, aren't they? To to actually look at put full stock on what they should do for, for this season. Um, whereas you know this season their top priority, um, you know, because that is what will shape the makeup of the league for next season. So you can't just skip, you know, the end of this season just for the sake of next season. I think you can in the sense that uh, enough of the season has been Sorry, played. I mean in terms of like a like a null and void sense. So, so what I mean there is like in terms of like a null and void sense, you can't just like right. say, oh, no, that's okay. it. it's done. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. you have to there has to be some sort of conclusion to the to the season. I've always said that that there has to be some definitive inclusion. Yeah. Conclusion, sorry. Um but you know, like I just mentioned, it, it, whatever you do will one not please any everybody and two it will not 
you know, protect the integrity of, of football. Um, that, is, that is ultimately what, what we'll be talking about. Stop slapping your hands next year, Mike. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so one league that looks like it is going to get get finished anyway is the Premier League. The players are back in training. Um, they've all had coronavirus tests this week. Six of six players or staff um, at least have been positive, but it seems like they're going to crack on and Premier League is going to be back at some point. Yeah, and obviously the main talking point with the Premier League really has been Troy Deeney. Yeah, obviously his refusal to come back essentially and. His refusal to to want to 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 come back playing if it's not fully safe to do so. You know he's got a, a young son. He's got a history of respiratory um, problems. So you've you know obviously Matt's the only one here who who is a father. So you know you can understand really where he's coming from in the mm. sense that you know family protection has got to be paramount. It's got to be your first, second, and third priority before anything else. And, you know, people, you look at the comments online and, and the way people have reacted to it, you know, it's the old adage that, you know, money doesn't buy you happiness just because someone's getting paid a decent wedge of money to, to do a job. No one should be forced what to work in an environment where they're not, they don't feel safe. So, like, what, what I don't get is, well, actually, no, I do get it. I was about to say, what I don't get is why people are so mad about Dini not wanting to return to work. It's like, well, it's obvious why people are mad about it because he's a Premier League footballer. So I've just pretty much answered my, my own point with that one. Like, you, Ryan, for example, if you turn around to your employer and you said, actually, I don't feel safe coming into work. Um, so I'm going to stay home um, and, you know, I'll take unpaid leave or whatever. You know, they're not, they're not going to be like, oh, well, well you're not going to have, I don't know, your neighbour, for example, looking at you thinking, oh, well, why is he? Why is he just not, not going to work? What, because he doesn't feel safe? <laughs> Whatever. Come on, get a grip. Gets paid enough like, to go to work, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Jesus, say that no. <laughs> It's like, if you don't, we don't feel safe enough to go to work. Not just, just in any, in any situation, not just because there's a pandemic on, but if you don't feel safe enough to go to work, you shouldn't have to go to work. Like, bottom line. But there will always be that argument that, oh, well, he gets paid X amount of thousand pound a week. So why shouldn't he go to work? Like, well, what about, that, what about all those nurses, Kelsey, that have been going on the front line for all these weeks? Just come on. It's, yeah. Troy Deeney gets paid to play football because he's good at football. You know, mm-hmm. every weeks ago, when this wasn't even confirmed or anything like that, the amount of people that, you know, said, oh, football's not important, football's not the most important thing, you shouldn't even be thinking about bringing football back. Now football's being brought back. One player is thinking, "Oh, actually, I don't feel safe enough to do it," and then suddenly he's the bad guy. Like, what are we talking about here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Suddenly football is how, how has that possibly happened yeah. within two weeks that the public are, are that fickle that oh, the FA shouldn't force football to come back yet until it's safe to do so. It's not fully safe to do so. So a player says, "I don't want to come back." Ah, oh, what an idiot! He gets paid too much. Do you know what? Do you know what? Do you know what it is? It just boils down to jealousy. People are jealous of Premier League footballers earning that much money to just play a game, but they don't realise yeah. that these are like some of the most skilled. They are the most skilled football players in the world, and they're just they're just jealous of the fact that they're in like a, de- a dead end job earning minimum wage, and somebody's playing football for a week. That's all it is. You know, you can quote me well, on that. Uh, <laughs> I mean, what this pandemic has, has taught me and. 
you know, this is coming out and, and this is showing how tired I am in terms of how late we're recording this. And I'm an old man, I'm usually asleep by now. You know, <laughs> this lockdown period has taught me that people cannot be trusted with social media because <laughs> the amount of toxic, I, I need to swore again that I'm actually going to have to do some editing. The, the amount of terrible, terrible tweets and, and poor, you know, reading of the room that I see on social media on a daily is absolutely horrendous. And everyone's got to have their opinion and everyone's opinion is more important than everybody else's. And, and then, you know, we're going through that period of nostalgia where everyone's looking back at games that have gone by and teams that have gone by, comparing them to modern day teams, this and this. And it's going to bring me on to, to something that we were talking about in our, our group chat um, earlier this week, that, you know, that, there's that myth that Matt Letizier should have had more England caps. And I'm completely in the no, we shouldn't camp, which we can touch on later. But, you know, I mean, like, it's the whole to- toxic atmosphere of social media. It's boring me. It's so boring. I barely even go on Twitter anymore or Facebook, really. I go on there just to have a little browse and you know, interact with people locally. But most of the time, I'm just scrolling. I don't care. I don't care what people think. I don't really care about Jamie Carragher's 11 no. challenge. I don't care about, like Kelsey said, an account that's you know named after Jorginho and it's got a picture of Callum Hudson-Odoi as the display picture telling <laughs> me that Gerard Slip's the greatest thing that's ever happened in the Premier League. And I was like... I don't care about that. I don't care about you. Shut up. Everyone's just <laughs> on with their lives. Oh, dear. Yeah. People, it's people, it's bored. Really it's people at home that and are bored. Anyone, and if it? anyone does think that Matt Tite deserves more England claps, you're, you're a joke. And I'll tell you why you're a joke. Because in the 90s, we had Alan Shearer, Les Ferdinand, Kelly Sheringham, Andy Cole, Robbie Fowler, and Ian Wright. We were a 4-4-2 playing nation in the 90s. Tell me where Matt Tite is going to fit in that system. Answer, he's not. <laughs> Move on. <laughs> and if you've got an opinion on that, uh, do get in touch at Seven Sport on the Twitter. Um, Paul Merson's worth you got as many caps as he did. No. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just sick of people going, oh, you know, if England had a manager that just fancied him. What, if you just you know had a manager who didn't play 4-4-2? Yeah. It was the 90s. 90s. Everyone played really- 4 4 yeah, the 90s media would have really accepted the manager coming in not playing 4-4-2. What's all this foreign muck coming it. over here on the England squad? But what <laughs> happened was we had a foreign manager called Sven Goran Eriksson took us to you know, nearly like World Cup glory in 2002. You know, he played 4-4-2. So what's that tell you? <laughs> that was his style. <laughs> 4-4-2, you know what I mean? In the 90s, when did England not play 4-4-2? It never happened. And you're telling me you're going to play this is here up front and a 4-4-2. Come off it. That's why Southampton never won anything. And he rests his case. Uh, right, we're going to carry on with Butler's rants um, after the break um, into the um, the penultimate part of this morning. Seven Sport on Dean Radio. on Dean Radio. Welcome back to Seven Sport on Dean Radio. Um, now, before the break, we were talking about um, national football and stuff. Um, we completely skipped over the part where we didn't finish the local football and local news. So we're going to go back to that now. 
just to mix it up a little bit. Um, so some local news this week. Um, what have you boys been reporting on on 7sport.co.uk this week? Well, big one really at the start of the week was James Harden moving from Cinderford to uh, Hungerford Town in the National League South, getting a, a move to di- two divisions at the Pyramid. Uh, top scorer, I think he got 21 in 24 this season. So, you know, for, for a player who in my mind was, was last season, you know, he made my team this season alongside his strike partner, Josh Hunt. It, it's fully deserved. Um, and I just can't wait to see what he's going to do in the National League South. I mean, me and Ryan, big, big fans of him. Big fans of his game. Yeah. Um, whether he can make the leap two leagues into the, the National League um, South, obviously time will tell with that. You know, he, he looked like he would be capable of doing a job in a higher league, whether, you know, he can make that step up. Who knows? He was originally from, from that area anyway. He played at Flagwell Heath um, in his sort of, well, I say younger years, he's still a young player, but, um, you know, he came this way to obviously go to the Harbury and the, the play for Cinderford. And, yeah, we wish him luck. It's, it's going to be one that Cinderford are going to have to try and replace in, in some respects. I don't know whether, speaking to Paul Michael, it's something that he's, Gonna you know fly out and try and desperately get a new striker in. You know they brought in Lewis Bamford towards the end of last season. And speaking to to Paul Michael at Centreford, you know they've got players like Blaine Moore who perfectly capable up front and, and uh, out in the forward line. And he's playing right back last season or right right wing back. So you know they have a versatile squad. They have a lot of players like Craig Norman who you know. He's, I'm pretty sure he's played one to eleven, except being a goalie, really. So, <laughs> you know, they have a good squad, and I think they may be able to recover if they can bring in players to fill in gaps elsewhere, and they can potentially push players forward and, and replace him. But it was a move that sort of came out of nowhere, really. No one really expected yeah. it, and there you were know, a couple of um, murmurs, really, that potentially players could be out off and about, but nothing like that. So it's a bit of a shock to hear it, but. Good luck to, to James and hopefully he can continue where he left off last year. Um, good stuff. Um, something else that uh, has caught my eye on the website this week as well. You were going on about the um, University Rugby Leeds side doing their challenge. What's the latest on that? Yeah. Well, as we said last week, they were doing their challenge called uh, UGRL Goes Global, where they're basically, as a squad, you know, matting up the kilometres to effectively cover the world. Um, in particular, the world, uh, the country, sorry, that um, have been entered into the 2021 Rugby League World Cup. It's a year, over a year long um, challenge, a lot of kilometres to cover um, to, to be able to, you know, finish up at St. James's Park, which would be the host of the first game, um, Samoa versus England. Um, they're two weeks ahead of schedule still, which, you know, an early stage to have miles in the, the bank going into obviously the summer months and they can continue with that consistency going into the winter months you know that allows them to potentially take it a bit easier around Christmas and the, obviously the natural sort of break that everyone gets around is with the winter from their um, exercise and, and daily routine so at the moment location wise they've just come out of Madrid in Spain of course and heading to, towards Rome, which they should be reaching with no real fuss um, in next week's update. 
And they've raised a bit of money as well. They've raised uh, nearly three hundred pounds um, for the Steve Prescott Foundation. But you know, when it's a seventy-week um, fundraising um, challenge, where you know it's not really going to intensify for another year or so. Obviously, the nearer you get to the start of the World Cup, that's when they they'll be looking to um, make the big money for the charity. So to to start getting money coming through from the, the generous donations is a good thing as well. And it's mad, really, when you think, don't there's like a whole like 70 weeks of just fundraising. It's crazy. That's absolutely crazy. <laughs> um, keep up to date with that on the Seven Sport website, sevensport.co.uk. Um, also, this week in the local football scene, um, we've had a promotion, even though there's no football being played and everything's all postponed, well, paused for now. People have asked me about this because obviously we cover Northern Senior. And some people have asked me it with an angry look on their face saying, what the hell is that? Um, to be as neutral as possible, what has happened is um, the Northern Senior League were given a bit of a headache because Tuffley Rovers Reserves pulled out of the, the league to put their reserves as a development squad in the Hellenic League uh, um, for the next season, whenever that is. So there was a gap in the Northern Senior League, which has been taken up by Dursley, the Stroud League champions. They go into Division 2, um, and subsequently, someone had to be promoted from Division 2 to Division 1. Hopefully you followed me um, up until that point. Yeah. <laughs> so what was announced was that even though the Northern Senior League results have been expunged and no longer technically exist, the Northern Senior League turned around and said, well, the sides that finished the top three will go into a vote. Initially, the argument there is, how can you pick a top three from an expunged sheet and the technique doesn't exist? That's a different question. We'll speak about that later on. So Andoversford, Lydney Town Reserves and uh, King Stanley were the three sides who were picked uh, to go for this vote, which all 32 member clubs of the Northern Senior League would vote on. Um, winner would be promoted to Division 1. That's how we, it was left with us and... and our understanding was that that vote was going to take place and then the SGM was going to be carried out by the league and, and they were going to confirm the victor from that. Anyone who saw social media, um, after seeing our post explaining that, you'd learn pretty quickly that Andoversford weren't going to win that vote. Um, obviously, we're not going to comment in regards to you know, clubs. We don't know how clubs are run really or, or anything like that, especially at that level. But there was you know, people... In, in the, you know, they weren't going to vote for Andoversford for X, Y, and Z, and what have you. And obviously, politics comes into play with things like that. So, what Andoversford did is they appealed to the GFA, um, saying that it's unfair that you know their their success, as it were, to be promoted from the Cheltenham League into the Northern Senior League, and to be top of the Northern Senior League Division Two at the time the season was suspended. Um, that shouldn't have been ignored. The GFA have turned around pretty much over. The Northern Senior League's head um, and have granted the appeal. And Andoversford, as the side who finished top at the time the season was suspended, have the better points per game, so therefore will be promoted. So the side that have been promoted have the best points per game in an expunged season. Try and work that out. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's caused a lot of debate, hasn't it? you know, on, on our pages and, and even on Twitter and everything. And you, you can you can see why, you know, for exactly 
every point that Ryan's just gone over there in great detail. It's, even as, as someone from the outside looking in, which is which is Matt, I probably imagine that's something how you would describe yourself in this situation. Mm-hmm. You, how are, how is someone like you going to get a grip to it when people like like inside the league can't even get a grip on the situation? Because I, I don't, I don't know. Honestly, mate, it's one of the most confusing things that's ever happened in the Northern Senior League. Well, we've been covering it, and hey, they make their own minds up. You know, do what you got to do. <laughs> and then, and then to, to to really highlight it, and you know, the Northern Senior League haven't missed a beat really. Um, the main sort of noise in regards to to what Andrew should have been given and things like that, and and obviously the promotion they have. Um, has come from Brockworth Albion. They'll be one of the most vocal sides on social media in that league, and, and in particular with the decision. Um, so the draw for the Reg Davis Cup Memorial Cup um, has been made. You know, the provisional um, first round games are going to take place on the 1st of August, it all being good, of course, with the lockdown situation. And they've drawn Brockworth Albion at home to Andoversford. <laughs> so, I mean, I mean, right, like, that is the game of the round. You don't need to tell me anything else. That is the fixture that leaps out at you when you look at that draw. And to think that on social media, it's been those two sides sort of playing off each other or commenting on each other's sort of tweets and things like that. And, you know, to, to think that the Northern Senior League will kick off on that first of August uh, it stands with a game like that what we all love to see and I'm pretty sure if it is going to happen it's in line to be in a seven sport live game really because there's got to be significance about it lovely stuff uh, anything else locally going on this week before we uh, move on yeah I want to um, congratulate Lewis Adams who was our player of the year for 1819 um, Slimbridge goalkeeper who completed his 10k's in 10 days challenge um, basically, 10 days in a row, completed a 10k um, run looking to raise money for the NHS. So he completed that. And I imagine his legs are absolutely shot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Fair play. That's um, that's some good. In this really. heat as well. In this heat as well. Yeah. I would hate to have even done one of them, let alone 10 of them. You should have gone in the middle of the night, is probably the best time to do it at the moment. But there we go. Yeah. Um, Say that, but I'm sat here at t- five past 10 on the first night, sweating. <laughs> it's like the hottest day of the year. It's warm. <laughs> you you people listening now mm. you're lucky you uh, haven't got um video calling like we have good job it's radio yeah. <laughs> hasn't got his top like, off I yet though like, right. i look like a pile of scrambled egg in a sofa <laughs> um excellent stuff right time for I'm another and he's bro- broken up he's broken up maybe he's, he's, maybe he's turned into a scrambled egg because he's broken quiz. up I can't hear yep. what he's saying let's um, go for a break after the break um, we will carry on with this morning's Seven Sport on Dean Radio for the best sports coverage in the west visit 7sport.co.uk this is 7sport 7sport 